Welcome back to Talk of the Town on 99.7 and 1450 WHTC on WHTC.com and on the WHTC app for your smartphone. Once again, here's your host, Gary Stevens. Welcome back to Talk of the Town for this Tuesday, December 19th. Glad you are with us. Third Tuesday of the month, which means... We get an update on what is going on in Holland Public Schools with Superintendent Nick Casty on the other side of our table. Nick, good morning. Merry Christmas, sir. Yeah, Merry Christmas to you, Gary. Thanks for having me. And if you have a question for Nick, you'll be happy to answer it at 616-395-1450, 616-395-1450. Halfway through the academic year, figuratively speaking and literally speaking, because uh the academic year starts on July 1st, ends on June 30th. So if a member of the Holland Board of Education comes up to you or a parent of a Holland Public School student and asks, Nick, how things are going halfway through the year, how would you answer them? Well, I think we've got, you know, some great celebrations across the district. You know, obviously this this fall with our enrollment count being up, that was a huge celebration. Um, a big focus that we've had um, going into this year is making sure we're getting kids connected to uh, to sports clubs, activities. And we're seeing across the district that those numbers are are up from where we've been the uh, last couple of years. You know, coming out of COVID, you know, some of those uh, participation rates took a dive. And so that's a big celebration. I know uh, the middle school presented at the board meeting last night and um, they've had the most sports participation at the middle school that they've that we've had since we were a middle school. Um, so those are huge celebrations for us right now, and we know that kids are who are connected to school and form those relationships and you know have something outside of the classroom are being really successful. And we've really been um, putting those opportunities out for kids. And like one of the things that we keep doubling down on is. We are a really small school district compared to other districts around here, but we have big opportunities for everyone. And, um, you know, and that goes for performing arts and athletics and everything else. And our kids are taking advantage of it right now. So we're seeing, a, a, you know, big strides taken in that, that aspect. How important is, as an educator yourself, keeping kids connected educationally wise between now and when school resumes, and correct me if I'm wrong, if it's before the 8th of January? Yeah, they come back on the 8th. You know, I mean, I don't know. I look at it as like, you know, I still want kids to be kids. I want kids to have experiences. And when I look at this time, these couple weeks, um, probably one of the most important things that kids can do is have some valuable experiences that keeps them stimulated. You know, I'd love for them to keep reading and stuff like that, but more than anything, you know, to be able to have time with their families, connect with it, have fun outside, you know, just be kids. You know, we need to have that too. Um, you know, they come back and, you know, we'll hit the grind again in January. Yeah. Well, the opportunities for youngsters to learn. I know, you know, as kids, we would say, oh, got to go back to the Sturm und Drang. <laughs> but then again, you know, looking back on it now, I, 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 and I appreciate it a little bit when I was younger too, is the fact that I had a chance to be with friends. I had a chance to uh, bond with people, with good people that I knew, and I wish I, I still had the opportunity to see them 
you know, now 100, 200 miles away from them in the Detroit area, you know, it's not that easy. Uh, and that makes the reunions much more rewarding. <laughs> but then again, these kids have got to understand that the friendships and the good times and the memories they make now, they're going to last a lifetime. Yeah, absolutely, and and that's and that's why we continue to push how important it is to be involved with clubs, sports, activities, and stuff like that. And some of those, and when we're talking about this break coming up, a lot of our athletic teams are still practicing and participating over break, so they're still connected. Um, but yeah, and and those are the things where you really see those memories being built and in those relationships uh, that last well beyond their high school years. All right, six one six three nine five fourteen fifty. If you have a question for Nick Cassidy, 616-395-1450. I'm going to go a little off the script a little bit in the sense that I'm going to dial back to one of our shows this past Friday. We had Tim Westray on with us from AT&T, and he was talking about a new free digital learning platform from AT&T called the Achievery. Um, it's created by AT&T in collaboration with Warner Brothers Discovery. Uh, the Achievery helps connect students to a new world of digital learning through stories that spark curiosity and content and entertains as well as teachers. It features clips from some of the more popular well-loved movies, TV shows, and cartoons from Warner Brothers and Cartoon Network paired with lessons and learning activities that students can engage with from everywhere they are, at home, in the community, and in the classroom. I'm not certain, Nick, if you are aware of this program or, you know, does programs like this help a little bit when the kids are learning things through their classrooms at Holland Public Schools, or is it like, is it maybe information overload? I don't know. Well, you know, I, I'm a little bit more of an old school guy with it. And, and there are some great programs out there that really help kids. But I'll tell you, I don't think that there are any online programs that take the place of working with somebody who can work, you know, work with you through, you know, math problems or, you know, or, or reading to them. And so, like, online programs can't take the part, you know, the place of relationships and one-on-one -on -one instruction and tutoring and stuff like that. And, and like that, that people, those people to people connections are so critical. And, and I think that's what we kind of saw through COVID is as we stepped back and that a lot of the programs took the place of people and we saw what that had done for kids. Um, those are great ways to supplement learning, but they can't take the place of learning. You said the word right. Uh, you thought you said the word I was thinking of yep. as a supplement yep. and to complement the classroom. Yeah. yeah, and one of the things like I know we will go through and we we screen kindergartners coming in every year, and you know one of the things that I'll come in is if a kid's behind, which is fine, we're going to do everything we can to catch them back up. And I'll hear comments from kids. Well, I you know they need to probably spend more time on ABC Mouse, and I'll hear that from parents it's like, no, they just need you to read to them and and for for them to read, you know, to you um, as much as possible. That I find that way more valuable than than being on an online program. 616-395-1450, available question about Holland Public Schools with Superintendent Nick Cassidy, 616-395-1450. Now, I have this story from our wires, which I'm 
I'm going to save a little bit for Dr. Alf Herwarmer, the allergist that will join us on Thursday. But I'm also going to throw this to you because we're talking about vaccines. The CDC is warning healthcare providers about an urgent need to ramp up flu, COVID-19, and RSV vaccines, low vaccination rates, and an uptick in respiratory and disease activity across the U.S. could lead to a strain on healthcare capacity. The CDC estimates about 420% of children have had their flu shots. Pardon me, 42% of children have had their flu shots. Adults, it's about 41%. I know this is more of a topic of beginning of the school year. You want them vaccinated before they come to the classroom. But even now, make sure the kids are have their shots so that because because they're gonna, you know, they probably will get sick going through school. At least that was our you know situation with us. <laughs> Yeah, well, illness is definitely having an impact on our operations, not only kids coming to school and being able to learn, but also staffing. You know, as we've gone through the year with the staffing crisis and through COVID and, you know, when we had times where people would have to quarantine and be out, anytime someone's sick, it impacts our ability to instruct. And we're really seeing this, uh, you know, coming into this year. I know on Monday, you know, there was threat of snow and doing, we were closer to calling because of staff illnesses and stuff coming into it than we were for, for any snow, just because it's been, it's been so tough with us these last couple of weeks, there's been so much going around. So anything that you can do for your families to keep them healthy, um, you know, you know, getting the flu shot, stuff like that, that prevents any big, you know, big absences from school is helpful for your kid. And I would say the same thing to our staff. Now, Again, somebody always asks me, how can you think of all these questions when you ask these people? And I said, a lot of the questions I ask are from the answers they give me. And the reason why I'm bringing that up, Nick, is that you just gave me another question to, to, <laughs> to pose at you. And that was dealing with yesterday's situation when we had some inclement weather. Um, I know that uh, uh, um, our friends north of here said we're still open but there are some slick roads. Please be careful. Uh, and for the most part, yeah, it was a little touch and go, but there was classes going on here. The reason why I'm bringing this up is that we talked about when we had the COVID-19 outbreak about the possibility as what we've learned through the outbreak about remote learning, about possibly uh, pivoting from in-classroom learning to remote learning at a moment's notice on a snow day situation. Have we moved forward in that since 2020 to have that possibility, or is that still, shall we say, a few years down the road? Well, I don't know if it's a few years down the road. I think we have the capability of doing that and something we would explore if we got to a point where we had excessive number of snow days. Um, but kind of what I said earlier too, I mean, there's still a great value of kids being able to be kids and enjoying a snow day, taking time to play outside or a sick day or or sick day. Um, so to be able to put that on and, and let's be real like that, that, I mean, that's another, that's another stressor and workload to put on staff of coming up with different lessons to put on there. So, you know, I'm not saying that we wouldn't consider doing that if we got to a point where we were pushing the number of snow days we had, but our primary goal as an institution is to educate kids and provide this service for our community. And so that's what we're going to do, you know, 
but we also have to balance that with safety. But there are times, you know, I, I don't see the absolute value in saying, hey, we're going to come up with these online lessons that we're going to put out there knowing this, the home situations for all of our kids are different too. Yeah. So, I'm just thinking yeah. that eventually we will see where teachers will develop their classroom plans and the plan is there to present it in person, but then hit a little switch or something, a little button in there, you know, it becomes virtual. Well, I'll tell you one of the things that we noticed um, impact after COVID, after we came out, the negative impact on attendance, because as teachers were posting lesson plans and, you know, and different things online on Google Classroom, where kids could access them, you know, it, it became a pretty easy argument for them with parents that they didn't want to come to school. Oh, well, I can just access the work online. And so what we saw were our attendance rates, you know, really went down in terms of kids missing school. Um, so I, I, you know, trying to, you know, balance that of making sure it's accessible, but also making sure that we have systems in place that are encouraging kids to come to school because we know that's where we can have the greatest impact. Okay. Uh, just Again, yep. questions come yep. up as we discuss certain things, and that's why if Nick's looking at me kind of funny, like, why'd you come up with that question? <laughs> well, I'm just trying to explain. Uh, 616-395-1450, 616-395-1450. One aspect of Holland Public Schools that is a point of pride for the Dutch uh, has been the uh, uh, fine arts, performing arts. Um, more successes, I suppose, is a good way of putting it. Uh, not just maybe success with awards, but I think success with just the feeling of achievement because these young men and young women, uh, uh, they know they're in a good program. They know they're being taught well, and uh, they're learning a lot of the basics. And who knows? We might see a few of them uh, make their marks uh, uh, beyond Holland Public Schools after they graduate. Yeah, absolutely. Our our fine arts, our performing arts programs are are phenomenal, and we're. I mean, this is a great time of year to showcase that. I know we had the Thespian Festival where a lot of our performing arts kids just got back from. I mean, we had kids that brought home over two, you know, over a half million dollars in scholarships. Sam Lund, Gretchen Timmer, um, T.J. Jackson, you know, went and represented us very well. But we had superior ratings in in excellent ratings across the board for kids participating in that and great opportunities coming up. We had the holiday collage concert um, when that's with band orchestra choir all performing together at the Jack Miller on Saturday, which was a great show. Um, you know, and then we had students honored in the state honors choir um, just last week. And so you have all of these great things coming together and in, in showcasing our kids. Um, it's pretty remarkable. And one of the things that's always uh, great and an indicator of kids enjoying themselves and really finding their passion and the number of kids who are going through these programs that are like, I'm, I want to go into education and I want to go into music education or I want to go into to be a, a theater teacher and I want to come back to Holland and do this, and which I love to hear just because we love people who are invested in Holland and want to come back and continue these traditions that would, that we've created here. Yeah. It is great to, to spotlight them. And, uh, and we've mentioned this before as someone who has uh, been involved in my high school days in forensics after the first, the year, the season begins and <laughs> that becomes much more, you know, that becomes very enjoyable. I remember my Sunday afternoons uh, competing against other schools in the Detroit Catholic schools and doing well. 
in what I'm doing right now, radio news. <laughs> yeah, well, we definitely have some talented kids who I would not be surprised at all if you if you see and hear of them doing great things after school, um, whether it's on TV or radio or, or something, because, man, they are some talented kids. Let's get to a call before we get to a break. 616-395-1450. Good morning. You're on Talk of the Town with Nick Cassidy. Yeah, I'm a few years out of high school myself, and so are my children. Uh, I was speaking uh, to a uh, former um, school administrator about what is missing today for kids and what they would like to bring back is debate. And Gary mentioned forensics, uh, which kind of falls in the family in the family of that you know, speaking. But uh, is debate offered at Holland, and um, how it, well, is it is it offered at Holland? Yeah, so, yeah, debate and forensics are both both offered at Holland. I don't know off the top of my head how many kids are involved in that right now. I know we've been recently meeting to go over specifically how do we support these programs and get more kids in because, yeah, debate, forensics, those are, you know, quiz bowl, those are great things to get kids involved in um, and really focusing to get kids connected to things outside of uh, athletics, and those are two um, historically have been some really great strengths in Holland, but you know, we've also, we've also seen some of the participation rates in those programs go down over the last couple of years and we want to build them back up. Yeah. Uh, Cause they're, we're talking about how, uh, what's, what's again, what's missing for kids when I'm only society. It's like saying how, uh, in some school districts, you, if you told, uh, uh, a parent knew that they had to defend a position that was against their position, uh, which you do in debate, you one, one does a pro, one does a con, and you're, that's your job to defend that, uh, either side that he might have parents, uh, kind of in an uprising because you were asking them to do something they thought was, uh, again, woke or, uh, against what their beliefs are. But, uh, a good prosecutor or defender will know how to, um, go in and hear both sides. I think that's something we could use. Uh, not only as listeners on the radio, but also as uh, uh, within school systems. So thanks so much. Yeah, yeah, and th- I mean that's a good point. And that you know the the debate and also what we're seeing is um, kids really taking advantage of our you know public speaking classes and stuff that are taught at the high school because one thing that we've seen over the years is kids are less and less comfortable you know actually having conversations and speaking. I mean I hear of kids who are struggling to even like call on the phone to talk to somebody to ask, you know, directions or operating hours or to go through this because so much is done digitally. So all anything that we can do to increase kids' ability to communicate and be effective communicators is what we want to be able to invest in. Thank you very much for the call. Nick, Governor Whitmer was in West Michigan yesterday signing a couple of supplemental spending bills. Totaling just under $650 million would be helping failing or financially struggling K-12 public school districts and infrastructure needs. Does that affect Holland Public Schools at all? No, not directly. Um, you know, I brought this up last night at the board meeting, too. Um, you know, it's really looking at some schools that uh, were significantly in debt, eliminating that debt so they can operate and what it, what I think the statement is that comes out of this is there's an acknowledgement by the state and the state board of ed that you know schools have been underfunded and they need to make sure that they're doing their part to that they have the resources to take care of uh, take care of kids and serve them, especially in districts with high need students, so that they can you know who are often asked to do more with less. And I think that that was the statement that came out of this is you know really that acknowledgement of you know 
a long time of being underfunded. Let's get to a call. Yep. 616-395-1450. Good morning. You're on the line with Nick Cassidy. Yeah, Nick. Uh, I was wondering, why is the heating system at East Middle School so unregulated? My grandkids come home, and they are freezing. The, the, the classrooms will be so cold that even the teachers are wearing the coats. Okay. I think you know, the money that we spend on these schools and the remodeling, they ought to be able to at least get the heating and cooling system right. Oh, let me get yeah. uh, Nick answer there. Thank you very much for the call. Well, I can definitely touch base with our maintenance department because they're they're always on it. I know we've run into some issues with chillers that we've had uh, had to replace a couple and update those. But those are it's always a constant uh, constant need to make sure that our uh, the temperature in our classrooms are regulated. I know I was meeting yesterday specifically talking about you know updating some of our heating and cooling units across the district. So always always a struggle, and you know, and we're making sure that we're addressing that so we can keep the kids and staff comfortable. All right, we'll see. Hopefully, I can be able to solve the problem. Yeah. And the thing is, bring it, bring up the problem, and things will get done. Uh, I do need to touch this with you because this is a story that broke this week. Uh, the Ottawa-Kent Conference realignment for 24-25, and it looks good for Holland because it looks as if you get both Zealand schools, Spring Lake, Hamilton, Holland Christian, Unity Christian, the OK Black. Yeah, I mean that's for the all sports, and then we also have a separate conference going through and looking at football. You know, football only conference. Um, I think it'll be a really good thing as we're looking at rebuilding our programs and you know and being competitive. And um, yeah, it's it's going to be a good thing for Holland uh, moving forward. So I'm pretty excited about it. But the football one, and let me give the ones that Holland because Holland's going to be an okay silver in football, yeah. and that's with Belding, Comstock Park, Hopkins, Godwin Heights. Uh, Kellogg'sville and Fruitport, nothing really close. That's, you know, unless you want to call Hopkins close. Yeah, well, I mean, the one thing with football is it can be a little bit different than you know we're talking about Friday, Friday night, or sometimes occasionally you'll have a Saturday game. You're traveling one time a week, and it's not on a school night. So you know, so and in terms of travel, a school's only traveling half that time. So um, it's a lot easier to to take geography out of the factor, you know, out of one of the determining factors as much where you can really look at competitive balance across, across the board and, and look to see it, to put together some good conferences. And I think that's what this did. And, um, there are a lot of different things that went into it. Obviously, um, no one planned this going into this fall as we had, uh, seven schools step out of the conference. We had to look at, they had to look at realigning and coming up with some competitive balance. And I think they they did a pretty good job with it. And finally, speaking of sports, uh, Greg Chandler called a game uh, between Holland and Holland Christian there in basketball, but also at the Dutch Dome. You know, uh, let's put it this way. Those who've been saying, you know, what about Holland? They're not doing so good in football. Well, <laughs> the, the the spirit is still there in all this, in the winter sports right now. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I was at the Dome on Friday. They played West Ottawa. The boys played West Ottawa. The girls played Fruitport. They were both great games, exciting games. And I'll tell you what, the Dome was rocking. One of the alumni came up to me, a parent, and said, you know, I you know, I graduated from Holland High um, back in the 90s. This is the 
most packed I've seen it since then. And so it was pretty great to see. We didn't come out. We ended up losing 51-50, um, you know, and it was, a, it was a heartbreaker. But, man, what an exciting game, and our kids put on a good show. Um, girls basketball right before uh, boys, they, they were down like 15, came back to get it within one, and um, ended up losing it too. But uh, there were some exciting games. I was proud of our kids. Nick Cassidy, Holland Public School Superintendent, thank you very much for joining us. Have a good new year. Look forward to chatting with you in January. All right. Thank you, Gary. Thank you very much, Nick Cassidy on 99.7 and 1450 WHTC.